0: It's a uh, Yerba
1: Mate. Oh, is it like tea? I love these. Yeah, it's really good. I've never had Yerba Mate, but
0: I've seen the it. name before. I like the Enlightenment. Is it like a kombucha, tea. like a acquired taste kind of thing? No, actually, it's... I don't really... It tastes kind of like an Arizona tea, mm-hmm. but it's like really uh, like energizing. Hmm.
1: I'll have to try it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special summer break edition of the podcast. I'm Zach. I'm very glad school's you're here. Yeah, school's out. out for summer sure. who are you i introduced myself i'm steven hi there if you found us I'm on summer the steve good place feed <laughs> we're off this week we'll be back in two weeks with the next episode of good place and if you're here on the you can't disappoint a podcast feed it's good to see you again it's been a second i hope you're doing all right how's the kids I don't know. They still hate me. I don't... <laughs> Today, we're talking about uh, something exciting we're doing on the Patreon right now. And before we get started, we've got to shout out the people on our Patreon, our $10 and up patrons at patreon.com slash Podcast. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Justin Fortier, and Autumn Marsh. I have a lot of fun saying that, and he hasn't said like anything it. yet, so I'm going to keep going with it. Fortier... I w- Today we're going to talk to you about what, Stephen? Today we're going to talk to you about the basement. Don't say anything about Stephen's speech impediment. He's really (laughs) insecure about it. Yeah, we're talking about the basement. It's the weekly when we're able to get it out. Come on, give give us a break. <laughs> it's the weekly that '70s show rewatch podcast that we've started on our Patreon, as voted for by our patrons. It's been a lot of fun. We're still in the first quarter of uh, the first quarter.
0: Like it's a <laughs> wow,
1: Zach the sports guy. We're honestly past the first quarter. We're getting into qu- we're getting into Q2 of the first season <laughs> of that '70s show on the basement over on Patreon. Now it's F1 qualifying look at Zach <laughs> we're gonna play for you the first two full episodes of the basement that's a little intro episode we did just talking about that 70s show and why we like it and why we chose it and a second episode which is the recap of the first episode of the show the pilot you're about you to know hear Zach for some those. reason
0: those are a little hazy to me I don't remember everything so yeah. well How they're about, about you? to find out why I don't remember <laughs> a goddamn second of it, but apparently we were there <laughs>
1: That's all on the Patreon. You should check it out. Patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We're going to get that going. So stick around because we're going to play the first two full episodes. And come on, the Patreon starts at $5 a month. It supports this show. It helps us get new gear and to take it further and to be able to do more with the show. So come on, throw us a couple bucks if you like what you hear today. Throw us
0: those bones.
1: Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to get into this swift and easy uh, a little a little tip of the cap to our community papa cuz this will go on the community feed i hope you're doing well i wish you'd return my calls i miss your smell your touch you know the usual uh and we're going to get into the basement steven why don't we take a few steps downstairs and talk about the basement okay here we go <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Wisconsin, and welcome to a new Rewatch podcast from podcasting best buddies, Zach and Steven,
0: coming at ya. We're here. <laughs> we, we've gone through the, the time machine. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in, what, what years the show start? 1976? 1976. Yeah. Season one of eight of that seventy show, <laughs> 1976.
1: <laughs> yes, we're here. We're, we're podcasters. We've done a lot of TV shows. What we are not are people who were alive in the 1970s or the 80s or even the part of the 90s that that 90s show has taken place <laughs> so far. Um but what we are are uh, habitual marijuana smokers. I'm did you just admit I'm calling the police right now. And I think this show is
0: going to be the perfect show way. to dive in from a very the
1: circle perspective, right?
0: Yeah. I like I I think that we kind of have more of a, a ping pong situation set up than a than a real circle together, but we'll, we'll make it work. I can take up at least two chairs. <laughs>
1: So thank you for joining us, everyone. If you haven't met us before, <laughs> we're Zach and Stephen. You're gonna get to know us way more than you ever would have wanted to, and this is gonna be a very fun, a very loose, a very stoned revisit of one of our favorite shows from the time we were kids to currently that '70s show. Uh, a show. It's the first time we're talking about a laugh track sitcom, which will be yeah. interesting. Because I don't know, I feel like somehow that 70s show is exactly every annoying Laugh Track sitcom format, but because of when it's set and because it's about like some hooligan younger kids that get into trouble and have sex and smoke pot, it always felt like a little grimier than the other yeah. Laugh
0: Track sitcoms. It always felt a little dirtier, especially when I was a kid. Sure, when I was a cause like, you know, I had this, I had Friends, and I had Seinfeld as yeah. a young kid that were playing in my house that were examples, and this one seemed so much edgier, because it was cool young kids doing stuff they weren't supposed to do. Yeah. Well, let's start there, because
1: this was this was a show that was a very big part of my childhood, mm-hmm. actually. I feel like... Uh, do you remember when you were a kid where you would have been watching it, like what was airing the reruns of that 70s show? Steven and I are children of the... Very late 90s. We were both born in 1997. Mm -hmm. So the show had already been on for a few years when we were born. I think the show started in 96?
0: Yeah. I'm going to look that up.
1: 98. 98. So we were alive. Never mind. Botched the whole podcast so far. We were about a year old when the show started. Uh, So watching it as it aired wasn't really a part
0: of our experience, but catching reruns of it was. To start, I, I watched... You know the last part of the show is it? I remember watching. Really, the, yeah. My mom loved the show, so it was a, a common watch in my household. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it which is funny because my mom, you know, she was born early '70s, and so she liked mm-hmm. a lot of the references and some of the characters were a little nerdy and dumb and and so I don't know why, but that was a show that I watched with my mom all the time. As a kid, and I didn't know what most of the stuff meant at first, but I remember as I got older, these, you know, d- references from the show being thrown around the house all the time and, and things like that. It was a, it was a part of our household, which was kind of cool. But then to circle back to my
1: question, do you remember... When you watched it, then uh, as a rerun, what you were watching it on? I remember it being on Teen Nick for a while. I remember it being on um, um, uh, Nick at Night for a while. But I feel like there was somewhere else I was watching. It was it.
0: on like one of the. Was local, it on ABC like, Family? Uh, it, they showed it on ABC Family, but they also showed it on like WB or something. One of those like sure like single a digit channel shows, channel. like sure. where they just showed reruns right. of whatever the. CBS or whatever network sitcoms that they had, Fox, and they would show them on there, you know, after the judge shows. I watched a lot of it that way. You're right. Because I yeah. can even
1: see this is one of those shows
0: that I can like picture it in like grainy television. Yeah, gray. like I feel like this was on like channel five or something. Like something that I didn't watch other than when this popped up on the TV guide. I feel like there are a lot of reasons why we shouldn't have super loved this
1: show or felt attached to it because there are a ton of references we don't get. It's set in a time that we can't relate to. Mm-hmm. When we started watching it, it was about kids that were older enough than us that we couldn't quite relate to them yeah. either. Um, or the parents, how the parents acted. We couldn't really. Mm-hmm. I, I can relate to how the parents act a little bit, but we didn't have <laughs> the same like stern parents of the seventies. But for whatever reason, I was obsessed with this show. I really yeah. liked the characters to the point where I was trying to catch the reruns in as close to chronological order as I could. Yeah. Cuz I wanted to see what happened. I wanted to follow Eric and Donna's relationship as the characters in later seasons started to leave. I like wanted to follow that thread too.
2: Mhm.
0: I think that for me it was the most like risqué sexual thing I could see and not have to close my eyes. And it's about kids. It's about kids. Cause like they're like I said they're older than we
1: could relate to, but they're young enough that we could like see ourselves there self-insert. in the future.
0: Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you watched the show as a youngin, was mm-hmm. there a member of the core group of characters that was your self-insert? Was it the easy one, which is Eric, or was it more complicated?
0: Yeah, it? I think being a nerdy kid who wanted to be more than that. I think that Eric was the easy one for me Same. because I didn't feel like I was dumb enough to be Kelso. I, I wasn't a stoner, so I wasn't Hyde. Didn't have that chip on your shoulder. Yeah, so I feel like for me, I liked Star Wars a lot from a young age, and so Eric liking Star Wars, I was like, ah, nerdy kid can get the the pretty redheaded girl. Unfortunately, I always saw
1: myself as Eric, but I mm-hmm. feel like maybe I was closer to Fez than I'd ever <laughs> like to admit. <laughs> because he's very theatrical, he's very center of attention and he's yeah. always doing
0: stuff that gets him attention but might just come off very off-putting when Well, Fez was my favorite character when I was younger. When I like was early watching the show, Fez was my favorite cuz I thought he was so funny. That's so interesting because, and we'll get into how we feel as we're about to rewatch
1: all the episodes. This is just, for those out there who are wondering, this is just a little intro to episode. Next yeah. week we'll start with the first episode of the show, and then we'll go through all 200 and something of them. <laughs> uh, so we'll be in our 70s when we get to the end yeah. of the 70s here. So next week we'll start the rewatch. I feel like watching it this time... Fez is going to be pretty much instantly unlikable, mm-hmm. and that's not really going to change. So he was your favorite character growing up.
0: He was. I thought it was very funny.
1: I think going into it this time, we're going to find the adult characters way funnier than we did as kids.
0: Absolutely. I think last time I watched this show, I was... I. Kitty was my favorite. She's so funny. And Red is really funny too. Yeah, Red's really funny as well. And maybe we'll touch on the 90s
1: show at the end, but that's a big reason why that works is because mm-hmm. those characters are in the forefront of
0: it and it's great to see them again. They haven't lost a beat. Yeah, it, they look great. They're still just as funny, if not funnier now because they have more freedom to be and it's a different perspective. And I, I, I'm i excited to, to take a look back at, at how funny they always were, but I didn't get it because I was a kid and adults you know, couldn't be funny if they were being stern.
1: Well, it'll be fun to watch it this time because while we're still just as clueless for the most part about the (laughs) 70s, what we know about the 70s is what pop culture... Mostly this show, amongst other things, that have taught us what happened in the 70s and what was cool and not cool in the 70s, what music was good, what movies were good. It's just what I've consumed pop culture-wise has taught me about Mm -hmm. that time period. So even though we're just as clueless there, I think it's going to be fun to revisit this show about a group of high schoolers, even though by the end of the show, they look like they're all 30. They're 40, yeah. Uh, It's a show about high schoolers, and I think it'll be fun to revisit that as like a 26, 27-year-old
0: Yeah. Trying
1: to see how much we can take ourselves back to those high school loves and the high school wins and and fails that felt way bigger than anything could ever feel at that time. Absolutely, Because I think at its best, this show, which was kind of grimy and dirty and sexy, captures Mm -hmm. some of that stuff in like a Boy Meets World kind of way. Yeah, totally. It's just a little less clean cut than Boy Meets World. So you really liked the show as a kid. I really liked the show as a kid. Mm -hmm. Really followed it. I think it was the first adult show that I really was invested in live action adult show Mm. as a kid because I think the characters were young enough that I felt related to them and it was it was edgy and it was teaching me things that I didn't know and nobody else was teaching me about them I certainly did not know what weed really was no and I didn't realize they were smoking
0: weed until I was much older I thought they were just sitting in a circle. We should address that because I had the same exact experience. <laughs>
1: I didn't know that the circle always meant that they were smoking weed until no. after I had been smoking weed constantly
0: for years. Actually, I didn't realize they were smoking it was weed not that until... long ago. There was, like, a specific episode where they, like, get caught by the pastor. And I was like, oh, that's what's going on? I think that's the same one where, like, Eric's, like, hi and, like, talking to his parents. But I had no idea. And I was watching this show for years before I made that realization. Because we were really young when
1: we started watching it. That's my experience, too. Because, of course, I kind of came to learn as a kid the bags, like the episode where Hyde gets caught with a bag. Or the talk of brownies. I think I kind of figured that out. But Mm -hmm. I was too naive to perceive that this was like their daily routine type thing. I I just thought it happened in some special episodes.
0: Yeah. But not the other ones. And then I was like, oh shit, all of them? So, since
1: you've been that age, have you stuck with this show? Have you picked it up and watched it that often? How do you feel
0: about it when you haven't watched it critically as an adult? I haven't gone through and watched it in about maybe four years it's been or so. I did go Mm -hmm. through and watch a lot of it up until some of the later seasons that aren't as good but at least the first few seasons i definitely have rewatched semi recently not recent enough to remember all the details but it's a it's a very nostalgic very. show for me that brings a lot of like little laughs and remembering watching it as a young age this for me i feel like was one of the things that shaped my redhead thing that i had as totally. a kid growing up that's well why i'm a I'm so big close. green bay packers fan and when I realized that I liked the green Bay Packers was also when I was like a young kid watching this show. And so that was a cool connection for me. That is. So cool. I, th- I think that there's a lot of really cool moments in the show that I kind of will remember being a kid and watching and how I perceived it. And then seeing it now as an adult, who's a very different adult than I was as a kid. It's, it's really cool and fun to, you know, see it from a different perspective, pay attention to the, the jokes a little bit more, get way more of the jokes than I got as a kid. <laughs>
1: And touching on what you were saying about Green Bay and Wisconsin, like it's so the Midwest. And we didn't grow up in Wisconsin, but we grew up in Indiana. So Mm -hmm. I think there are going to be a lot of reflecting on growing up in a kind of small,
0: kind of. Well, I feel like our hometown is probably about the size of Point Place, especially when we were younger growing up there. It seemed really similar in size and nature and, and the the problems that were happening are sure. it's seemed big are because you're in a small place. Losing
1: factory jobs. I feel like yeah. Red loses a factory job in the show and Steven and I come from a town where there were a bunch of factories everybody had a factory Mm -hmm. job you could work there for forever you could make a shit ton of money and then the factory is all all closed closed. in an economic crash and a bunch of people lost their job Mm -hmm. and now we've got like empty holes in the city where factories once were and it's there's there's just not the lifeblood that having a workforce like that brought to a to a community totally Um, and point place is kind of like that because this is a different sort of depression area you know mm-hmm. th- th- their financial struggles are a part of it i think it's going to be fun to visit that stuff as a survivor of yeah. the midwest as a child i revisited the show a couple years ago and i think i got a ways into season four maybe mm-hmm. and i didn't really stop watching it because i wanted to i just started watching other stuff yeah and i I do feel all that nostalgia. I think it's a great show. I'm excited to dive back into it. And I'm doing it with an open heart and with, even with kind of, we'll get into a little bit later, the baggage that comes with like the cast of the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I still feel like I can embrace talking about it every week with an open heart and with a fun spirit because this show meant a lot to me. But mm-hmm. when I revisit it, it, it makes me cringe a lot more than it oh, did yeah. obviously when I was a kid. And I think a lot of that comes from like when it was on the air in the late 90s, early 2000s, and the types of jokes that flew, not to mention the writers
0: being able to say, well, people were so much more loose with what they would say in the 70s. They used the excuse of not having to be sensitive.
1: Yeah, people were way less sensitive about certain things in the 70s, so we can say whatever we want. And I think sometimes to the show's detriment, they really talk down on the female characters in the show. I think actually all of the female characters of the main core... They'd never really service them in the story the way that they do the other guy characters. Mm-hmm. They they kind of just flip on a dime and get a new hobby just because that it's time for them to figure out something to do yeah. in the show. So I'm going to be interested to watch it from a slightly critical lens and mm-hmm. and see how much I can try to turn that off and just have some fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it.
1: What I'm excited is one of the main conceits about the show is that we're in the basement. It's going to be a very circle-friendly podcast. Mm -hmm. So I want this to be very stream of consciousness, slightly stoned thoughts that hopefully can help us forget some of that stuff that makes us cringe a little bit. And we wanted to, I think, do some, like, strain highlights type things. Yeah, we'll talk about what we're –
0: some what people we're like to enjoying
1: talk about what wine they're drinking at book club we're going to tell you guys what weed we're smoking to talk about that 70s show on a yeah. podcast because we're inviting you into the circle with us so everyone raise your your way of ingesting <laughs> and join us on this
0: journey what what have you
1: got in in your system today in your neural pathways
0: so i uh, i've got a mix of of two uh, yummy flavors today i've got some tokyo sunset uh which is a cross of gorilla's breath and sunset sherbet and i've got some super glue so two two uh, gorilla glue lineage strange which is my favorite strain so a wonderful way to take in today feeling good feeling happy feeling creative that's nice Mm -hmm. i like that
1: i've got some crazy glue oh it's it's a a great party it's a it's, I, that's true I haven't looked at the dynamics of the strain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's some it could very very well be gorilla glue because not only is it a great strain it's also a very present strain. It's pretty easy to get some gorilla glue, which is very nice yeah um it's I think it's a i think it's a sativa dominant hybrid nice and it was outdoor grown and because
0: of the great state of Michigan, it was a fifty dollar ounce craziness. I live in Chicago by the way, so my means of of appraisal and acquirement vary in cost, but the dispensaries are very expensive in Chicago.
1: Back into that 70s show, outside of what character did you see yourself in, which characters did you like the most as a kid and which characters do you like the most now? Who do you think was the funniest? Whose storylines were you the most interested
0: in? When I was a kid, I'll go through three stages of my life with this. So when I was a kid, I, I really liked Fez because he was funny and Wilder Votem Rama also hosted Yamama on MTV. Oh my god, he sure did, didn't he? Which I was a big fan of. Which of course we'll be covering heavily on this program. Exactly. We'll be going through Yo Mama. <laughs> and I really liked Kelso because I think that I thought that the burn thing was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Then when I was a teenager, I was much more into Hyde because I thought he was super cool and edgy. And that's when I started to really be crushing on Donna. Hardcore. Oh, sure. And now as an adult, I really think that Kitty and Kelso, again, are my two favorite characters.
1: Yeah, as a kid, I think I liked Eric a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's going to be the... I think I'll like him, but I think he's going to annoy me a lot more yeah. than most of the characters. I think I thought Kelso was really funny. I definitely thought Hyde was really cool. Yeah. And we'll like get into that bag of worms in a second, because... I don't know, we'll we'll get there in a second, Yeah. but I thought Hyde was a really cool character, and I liked the, he is trying, I, they gave him some interesting stories of mm-hmm. personal development for the type yeah. of sitcom that the show became, and even as a kid, I think I was really interested in like, oh, is he going to meet his dad, is he going to mm-hmm. get over this stuff, is he going to go to jail, like in certain episodes? Yeah. And now I feel the same way, I'm like, oh, is Hyde going <laughs> go go to gonna go to jail? Is your dad going to go to jail? Yeah, and as an adult, Kitty and Red definitely. Although Red kind of like reminds me of my dad in a bad way. Ooh. Of course it's different because my Red like talks to his son. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> well not cuz he wants to. <laughs> he kind of looks like my dad and he's really stern and it, I don't know. I can definitely relate to like Eric just being intimidated and feeling like mm-hmm. you have to walk around the house a certain way, you have to say things a certain way just to appease your volcano of a parent yeah but there was no like understanding of love underneath it like there is with red and eric mm-hmm. but i think it'll be fun to dive into the parental dynamics of the show Absolutely, for sure. especially i think we're gonna reflect a ton on how we were kids that <laughs> were getting one over on our parents yeah a lot most days there was a, a ruse to be had do mm-hmm. you agree absolutely and I think that's kind of the vibe of the show. They're always trying to sneak the keg downstairs so the parents don't see. They're trying yeah. to smoke weed every time they hang out in the basement
0: without <laughs> getting caught. <laughs> I and, and it harkens I'm sure we'll get into some stories of us, Zach, but I yeah. definitely remember times where we were coming up with excuses onto why there was a certain smell and, and thinking we played it cool and played it off, and absolutely yeah. never did. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't learn any lessons from this show because we made the same mistake no we were like ah it worked
1: for them (laughs) oh that's so funny that's so funny and it's true let's now that we've had a good laugh let's get into the weeds let's talk about why this show is hard to talk about a little bit and why we're going to not reflect too much on it although we're about to discuss about it Obviously, Danny Masterson is the biggest one, the elephant in the room.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know where the trial is exactly now. I think it keeps getting pushed back because Mm. of all sorts of things. So who knows what's going to happen to it? But it seems pretty Pretty clear that he did a lot of horrendous stuff to a lot of people. And he's one of the main characters of this show and we're going to be watching it and talking about it. And And I I don't think it would be
0: fair to the show for us to keep too much of that in mind thinking about the character at the time even though even if he was doing those terrible things during this time period i think that we i want to give the show a fair shake yeah and know that as a person he's bad and if he does anything in the future i will not be watching it but because of us going through this show i think that we're gonna keep you know obviously if there's anything to talk about we'll talk about it but it's not for the be most part. We're going to talk about Hyde. We're not going to talk about Danny Masters. Exactly.
1: However, I, I two things. One, this is a sitcom. There's so many executives, writers, directors, mm-hmm. producers, cast members that make this thing the thing that it is, and it is it is none of their fault that one of their actors turned out exactly. to be a bad guy. Um, you can't predict something like that. Everyone has the potential. Not everyone has the potential to become a rapist, but everyone has the potential to do something that people are like, we wish we hadn't picked that person for a yeah. thing in the past. We all have the potential to be terrible, and it's not our previous employer's fault that they didn't see it, right? Mm-hmm. However, it's also going to be really hard to watch hide and watch flirty hide, watch uh, uh, sketchy hide, yeah. and not – cringe think about
0: how gross he is is when he's
1: being like or even in scenes when he's like wooing women successfully even that it's gonna feel weird Mm -hmm. so i don't know i just thought we should get it out there that obviously i believe the victims in that scenario yeah i think that dude should go to jail unfortunately i don't think he will because of Another thing, the Church of Scientology, which mm-hmm. we I don't I'm not educated enough to go too into it, but there are a couple of cast members of this show, some that are still on that '90s show, mm-hmm. that are members of the Church of Scientology, and I think that they are doing a lot to help mm-hmm. Danny Masterson along yeah. his trial path, and I think that's all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I still am no. going to watch that '70s show and enjoy it and hide it'll be interesting to see if it's even possible for him to be one of those characters that i really like yeah in light of everything um i don't really have anything else of merit to say about it it's just kind of the elephant in the room that you have Mm -hmm. to mention and i wanted to mention it it out of the way now next week we can talk about the show exactly Oh, uh, as we're getting close to wrapping this up, any last thoughts you have? Are you excited? Are you hesitant? Where are you landing on the
0: meter? You know, I'm excited to look at it and, and enjoy the show again. I am anticipating a fair amount of cringe, which I think yes. will be fun to talk about. I, I think too. the last Patreon show that we talked about on here had a fair amount of that and and it became really fun to to look at the good and bad that Yeah. That is is there because it's enjoyment to be had all the way around. And I'm excited to see in hindsight how much heart is in this show. Because I do think mm-hmm. there's a lot of moments that are really sweet and tender. And how many of them play. Yeah. Because after a while they're like, oh, they hugged again. <laughs>
1: but then like Everyone remembers the moment from the first episode where Eric and Donna are on the car and they kiss. Yeah, absolutely.
0: We all wanted to be Eric on the hood of of the Vista Cruiser kissing our cute tall neighbor girl.
1: Yeah, and now I kind of get to from hundreds of miles away kiss Aww. my tall neighbor podcaster.
2: Aww.
0: I guess. But you're my redheaded neighbor yeah. pod. I've been hearing a lot about <laughs> this car that runs on water.
1: <laughs> uh, the other thing is obviously, there are a ton of episodes of that 70s show, and we're going to be rewatching. All of them. And in each episode, we'll do some trivia questions. We'll have some circle esque conversations based around the topics of the episode. We're going to award like a MVP a who gets the first hit in the circle, our MVP mm-hmm. for the episode. We'll be talking about our favorite funny moments and our favorite like cringy moments in each episode, along with just diving back into that vibe of being a fan of the show being a kid watching this show yeah and, and celebrating it we're going to start that off next week and after we do all of the episodes of that 70s show uh and, and some bonus episodes i'm sure the plan is to continue with this universe through the decades to dive into the 80s dive into the 90s starting with the 80s show do you know much about it have you ever watched i've never seen an episode of that, episode 80s of
0: that show? 80s show i only know that it has glenn howerton it does have glenn howerton it was on air the
1: same time as that 70s show. Mm. It aired in 2002. So like season wow. four or five of that 70s show. I've seen just little clips of it. I never really watched it. But it's mm-hmm. assumed that the main character of the show, which is Glenn Howerton, uh, is Eric's like, cousin or something mm. in the 80s. But it's never mentioned. There's no real connection to the show other than it's set in the 80s and it's kind of like a spiritual sequel yeah i don't know anything about it it only Nothing. lasted 13 episodes <laughs> and i'm just as excited to dive into stuff like that and see what they were absolutely. doing. absolutely glenn howard makes it really exciting to watch we're big sunny fans big yeah. glenn howard fans really mm-hmm. so it'll be fun to see how much of his 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 rage comes through in his like every man sitcom character in that 80s show Yeah. What about now we're living in a world where that 70s show has just recently come back into the world. A big reason why we chose it as this Patreon podcast is that that 90s show is out. It's a literal spinoff of that 70s show with returning characters set 20 or whatever years Mm -hmm. after the original show that revolves around. Eric and Donna's daughter moving to Point Place for the summer to spend with her grandparents, Red and Kitty, who return in a big way, and other characters make cameos, and it's very much a continuation. It's got the same cringy sitcom jokes, but it's got (laughs) the same warm sitcom fuzzies. Yeah. How much of it did you watch? What did you think of it? Just the first episode. I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was cute. Or maybe I saw the first two. I think I watched the first two or three and the first episode with all the little cameos was great. It was Yeah, really it was cute. super cute. You know, honestly, I think we're kind of in a place where I'm yearning to go back to the laugh track sitcom days a little mm. bit and it's been a long time since there's been a laugh track sitcom show with a cast or, or characters or stories really yeah. worth telling and And obsessing over. So seeing a show like this is and seeing the super young
0: actors in a show like that is like a breath of fresh air. It 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 is because we don't get a lot of that right now that are like everything's always either super high produced, you know, multi-camera comedy shows or it's like a intense, serious drama. We don't have a lot of kind of nonchalant laugh tracks shows that make it and that are worth watching. And I think that, that that 90s show seemed really cute. The first couple episodes I saw, I, I definitely would watch more.
1: Well, that's our intro episode for The Basement. We're going to come back next week and talk about the first episode of the show, do our segments, talk about the characters, talk about the laughs and the cringes. And I know for a fact the first episode is one that I've seen a lot of times mm-hmm. and I'm really nostalgic for. And I think that's going to be a really fun time to revisit.
0: Yeah, uh, So too. I'm looking
1: forward to that next week. And we're often going to end the show with a segment that we're going to call That 70s Playlist, where it kind of is our little radio DJs. Unfortunately, That 70s Show nowadays on streaming, it doesn't include most of the famous 70s songs that were included in the original run because they don't have the rights to that music for long-term streaming situations. So at the end of the episodes, we're going to talk about what songs were originally in the episode and maybe give our... Favorite of those, and maybe yeah. in the episode playing it. So, I think today we don't obviously have a song from any episode to highlight, but why don't we, as a nation, listen to the That 70s Show theme song together? What do you think? Heck yeah, let's do it. Everyone, Wisconsin and beyond, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been The Basement. Hey, yeah. Ooh, be-
0: Welcome to the basement. What were you going with there? I was going for like Todd a Rundgren? S- yeah, yeah, because I don't actually know any of his music. Oh, so. he's got
1: some good songs. We're definitely going to end the program with a Todd Rundgren song. Nice. He's good. I like Todd Rundgren. I'm not
0: familiar with Todd Rundgren.
1: What, what did Jackie
0: call him? Renegin?
1: A couple things. Ted something one of the times. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the basement. That's 70s, 80s, and 90s rewatch today we're really kicking it off with the first episode of that 70s show our great experiment begins today truly as we talk about that 70s pilot hi everybody i'm zach i'm steven welcome to the basement how you doing zach I'm doing great. Stephen and I have just stepped out of the circle and over to the couch of the basement to to record the podcast for you all. So, what's your poison this week, Stephen? What are you What are you nipping
0: the nip of? Um, this week i've I've got a I've still got my my sweet combo of uh, Tokyo Sunset and Super Glue, but I've also got a, a little bit of Blue Dream. In pin form that I'm rocking with just to even it all out. Like a Neapolitan ice cream of, of high. Cool. What about you, Zachary? <laughs> I enjoyed a rolled paper cigarette
1: with some crazy glue flour and nice. some strawberry banana live sugar.
0: Ooh.
1: Yes, that sounds feeling sounds yummy. Very sludgy, feeling very grimy, feeling very <laughs> much like the basement in which this <laughs> podcast takes place. <laughs> I'm excited to be here i'm i i don't know why maybe you listeners got it off of the first episode and can we just like clear the air is there a little bit of trepidation with starting the that 70s show rewatch podcast a little bit
0: i think so i yeah. think there's a little bit of like okay here we go it's like if you <laughs> know You've been swimming in a regular pool your whole life, three, four, five feet. I already don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to an Olympic pool that's got like a 20-foot deep thingy. You just jump right And in. that 70s show is the Olympic pool. Yes. Compared <laughs> to the small potatoes we're used to talking about. Compared well, to the blow-up Barney, the inflatable... You know six inch deep pool that's in my grandma's backyard. the reason you're saying this is because
1: the show has just over two hundred episodes, right? mm-hmm, is that your main source of trepidation? That's
0: the main source of trepidation
1: well i I understand that, and the the t l d r of this tirade I'm about to go <laughs> on is watching the first episode was a lot of fun, yeah, and took away a lot of that trepidation absolutely but there's a lot of episodes. um, we know that it gets less good at a point and is kind mm-hmm. of cringy in moments throughout. But I'd like you to understand that nobody this show was voted for us to do. Yeah. And I'm very happy it was. It was one of the options that I came up with. so I'm glad it was chosen. Nobody is holding a gun to our heads and saying we <laughs> have all two hundred and one episodes. <laughs> maybe of that not you, show. Zach, but <laughs> I don't like to quit things. We'll, of course, at least do like, the first two seasons, and if everybody hates it or wants to do something else, I think we're gonna have fun is the TLDR, because I, so I just really, really enjoyed watching the first episode it brought back a lot of nostalgia and even though I have seen the episode within the last couple of years, I- I'm thinking about it from this perspective of I can watch it remembering what it was like to be 12 years old, haven't had my first real kiss watching this I can watch this yeah. and feel nostalgic to how it felt to watch these teen romance stories when you're a budding teen that wants to be romantic, mm-hmm. you know. I can see Versus it from that like perspective an adult
0: that is in a relationship. It's very different. And now I can also see it from the perspective
1: of now I've grown up and done those things. Mm-hmm. So how much of this rings true and how much of it rings corny? I think for this episode the majority of it all the way around even as a kid of the 2000s mainly that it rings pretty true. Absolutely. I think it, it holds up incredibly well in a lot of ways. Okay, so today we're talking about the pilot of That 70s Show. Episode 1 of 202, I think. That 70s pilot. This episode is the only... Okay, this episode of the show was directed by a guy named Terry Hughes. And it's really interesting because he. this is the only episode he ever directed of the show because every other episode of this show was directed by one person really all 201 episodes david trainer he is actually oh my a god super prestigious television director we'll talk more about him next week but this episode it was the only episode of the entire series all eight seasons not directed by david trainer it's directed by terry hughes who he directed 108 episodes of the golden girls which is hell up yeah. in our conversations a few times today Also directed 100 episodes of Third Rock from the Sun, which was created by a a couple of of the creators of That 70s Show. Terry Hughes, who directed this episode, also directed all 12 episodes of That 80s Show. Nice. And five episodes of Friends. So Terry Hughes, quite a career. This episode was written by the three creators of That 70s Show, which is the writing team of Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner and Mark Brazil. So those three people are the creators of that 70s show. And this was kind of a different era of television where the creators would build the show, they'd write the pilot, maybe they'd kind of oversee the first season or Mm -hmm. half of the first season, and then they hand it over to the writer's room where, like, a showrunner would be appointed, like, of the writer's room. We talk about showrunners a lot nowadays in the world of, like, your Dan Harmon's and, like, Mm -hmm. the guys who did Game of Thrones and, like, what they do to their show. But... The showrunner has never exactly been like a salaried, like paid thing. It's more like yeah. a within the writer's room, you're the guy who runs the room hmm it's just like they're usually just a writer but they're like so that's what would have been going on here so Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner whenever they wrote for the show they wrote together and they wrote two other early episodes of the show Eric's birthday which might be the second one and that disco episode where there are the other contributions to that 70s show but the Turner's outside of this they wrote on a hundred and twenty nine episodes of Saturday Night Live Nice. they wrote both of the Wayne's World movies Okay. Um, They wrote the 1990s parody, The Brady Bunch movie, which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, They wrote Tommy Boy, and the two of them are the creators of Third Rock from the Sun. That's awesome. Tommy Boy is a great movie. It's really funny. It's Mm -hmm. probably worth a revisit. I
0: haven't haven't picked it up in a while. Tommy Boy is one of my favorites. Fat guy in a little
1: coat. Meanwhile, the third creator, Mark Brazil, he stuck around a little bit longer on that 70s show. In the first season, he writes Eric's burger job and first date, and then he wrote a couple episodes in season two: Red's last day and hunting. Outside nice. of that seventy show, he wrote on ten episodes of In Living Color. Hell yeah! Five episodes of Third Rock from the Sun, and more recently, a lot of children's television, including fifteen episodes of the two Lab Rats shows. Oh, I saw some of the first Lab sure. Rats show. That's Mark. I'm Brazil. familiar. And that was fun for me because I didn't really know much about the creative force of that '70s show. So to mm-hmm. learn that it kind of was, and you can tell watching the show, I think it's such a good study of how to write a sitcom pilot. Yeah, of the things that happen, the characters that are introduced, it's almost like mathematical how the jokes and the relationships work, and it works. It, it doesn't sets feel the mathematical. Scene and the tone really, really well. So you can tell it's these people that know how to come together, come up with a show, build it, and then give it off to talented writers. One of them, I don't know when he started writing, but Will Forte was a writer for that 70s show for a few years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's that. Now it's your turn to introduce a segment that I'm kind of nervous about. All
0: right, everybody at home, (laughs) in the air, on the ground, under the sea, in the sky, on the moon, it's time for one of my favorite segments on the show. We're going to go into the basement breakdown. <laughs> I'm Spud Speaster here, and I'm going <laughs> to... Spud <laughs> <And> Speedster? <I'm... laughs> <And> I... <laughs> my lord. In my own Zoom call, Spud <laughs>
1: Speedster.
0: That's right. Don't adjust your television sets or your Zoom settings. I am me, Spud Speaster, here to... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm I'm so on board, Mr. Speedster. Don't trip
0: up on my on my behalf, Mr. Speedster. We're gonna ask our special guest today, Zach. Zach, is that right? Zach? 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 Zach. That's correct. Where you got it right all of those times. Good old
1: Indiana, good old Indiana. <laughs> Indiana. I was nice. gonna say Indianapolis because I'm not from Indianapolis, but I feel like if mm-hmm. I was on a game show, they would say that I'm
0: from Indianapolis because mm-hmm. people know what that is. Absolutely, I'm. I'm. I'm Sorry, frightened. Spud. Well, that's a lovely city. <laughs> Haven't been there myself, not since I got kicked out. Hey-o. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> Uh, this is the part of the show where <laughs> Zach is going to break down for the basement. What happened in this week's episode? How are you feeling about that, Zach? Uh, fine. I'm feeling healthy about it. Healthy, okay. Well, healthy. speaking of health, we've got a special twist <laughs> Hell yeah. to this recap show. Zach, are you ready to <laughs> hear what it health, is? Yes, Spud. So spud normally it on, me. on our uh-huh. program, you have twenty seconds to spill the beans about what we've got going on. But this week you have a special opportunity to gain five more seconds, Zach. Five seconds can do a lot in that time, can't you? <laughs> I bet you can, sport. Well, here's how you earn those five seconds. I yeah. myself, Spud Speaster, am gonna take a mighty rip from something over on my end in the booth here. And if you can, and if I cough before the 20 seconds are up, then oh, you man. gain five more seconds. You
1: know, Mr. Speedy, I don't really feel that that's much of an advantage to me at all because I'm going to be stressing about that the whole time. And I feel like there's no chance that Mr. Speedster uh, championed Ripper (laughs) that that you're not going
0: to be able to last the full 20. Well, Zach, you see... You can take those, uh, suggestions and put them right here in the suggestion box. <laughs> yeah, you don't care. It's a trash it's, can. It's
1: just that Mr. Spe- Mr. Spud Speedster has a well-documented <laughs> drug problem
0: that he just ha- is This segment's in his contract. Well, after my second wife stabbed me in the chest, one of my lungs collapsed, Zach, so I actually am at a bit of a disadvantage here. Okay. <laughs> All right, audience. Are you gonna win? Can five do it? seconds. Do I
1: win something? If I what? What happens after? <laughs> you get to play again next week. I don't get anything against the Johnson. I'm just stuck family. in this in this purgatory. <laughs> There's a family next time. I'm just you stuck gotta in beat purgatory. them. <laughs> okay.
0: They're playing for their kid with fibromyalgia. Yeah,
1: I'll kill them. I'll <laughs>
0: beat the shit out of them.
1: <laughs> I'd like to bet twenty-five dollars, Mister Speedster. Please. All
0: right. Why don't you go ahead and
1: set that oh there on God. the table. Let me let me ground myself. <laughs> I have to right. put my money. <laughs> I, I, I thought we Just were put like, it I, right here in Spud's hand. Come on. Spud, give it to Spud, give it to Speedster. Spud, I I didn't know that <laughs> I didn't know that I had to
0: have cash on me for the game show. I thought there was like
1: <laughs> that was like part of it.
0: Uh, well, we'll see how it all fares out I'll, for Zach. Can I write this you a check is it is a check okay? Mm. <laughs> Banks and the Speedster don't exactly get along. Well, all right, here we go. We've got twenty oh seconds on the okay. clock. We might add five to it. Jesus Zach, are Christ. you ready? No, my brain is not on that set. I'm gonna show count right down: now. three, two, one, go. I'm gonna start your timer. But that, but that I'm wasn't it. Start my riff. <laughs> but that wasn't it, though. <laughs> and then you're gonna have twenty oh, seconds. How are okay. you? Are you ready? Can I take a sip? You Let's can bowl. take a sip. Do I win like a car if I do good? We'll see about that. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. <clears throat> In three, a two, a one, a go! It's May 1976,
1: and Eric and his friends are hooligans that hang out in their parents' basement and steal beer. Eric gets handed the family car, but there's a stipulation he can't go out of town. But they have tickets to a concert, so he breaks the rule and takes them to the concert, where the car breaks down for the battery, but they can't call the parents. They make a deal with the shady guy who works at a car shop to give up some tickets so they can get hey, their car that's fixed. Time. Uh, Ooh! Uh, Mr. Speedy, I didn't get anything of. I would have. I would have liked to mention Eric and Donna. I would have liked to mention Kelso and Jackie, but you I know, don't think I did badly at all. You know,
0: Zach, I I really didn't establish Spud, a points or scoring for the system jury. here. Yeah, uh, it's okay. I You're kind of making
1: this up as you go. I Was not Spud. paying attention
0: for most of what you were saying because Is that I true, was focusing. Um, so I I I think that you're spud's gonna get a on solid planet. you know <laughs> spuds on another
1: on in another world right now spuds off spud. the wagon that um, that's how that's how the that's how the advantage works in my favor <laughs> yeah that spud doesn't remember
0: what we're doing after you know zach you there we have a special point system here where you're gonna score between one through five american flags
1: <laughs> okay cool because
0: this is the, the 1970s are you gonna remember we love next the flag time? uh zach i'm gonna give you a solid 3.5 american flags that's a total of 175 stars (laughs) and you'll get there let's see so that's 39 and then yeah and 45 stripes that means you get to play again next week zach are you excited oh yes Fuck yes, I probably Spud. will be fired at the end of today's taping, so there will be a new host, but, oh, but that, I'm Spud Speedster really signing bad, out Spud. from the basement great. breakdown.
1: Okay, well, that's that segment.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's do some trivia questions about this episode of That 70 Show, Steven. I've got four questions for you, so I'll kick it off. What date does the first episode take place on?
0: <laughs> oh, um, April 16th.
1: 1976. I said, I said the month in my recap. It is May 17th, 1976.
0: Hmm. I got the year. Yeah, um, you sure did. That's I got it really good out of the uh, Season one of eight. Yeah, does not mathematically work out. Did they not think it was going to last that long? Why didn't they start in like 71? Well, I think the argument is that the 70s weren't really the 70s until the late 70s. Well, they're different 70s because you still had the disco
1: 70s at the beginning. That's true. I yeah, mean, I'm with you, but film. I think they just wanted it to be like the height of '70s culture, sure. And maybe they didn't. I don't know. Of course, you want your sitcom to last
0: eight seasons. Yeah. Um. What time does the first episode start, Zach? Eight thirty. Oh, you're really close. Eight forty-seven p.m. Just a guess. Okay.
1: All right. Huh. You know, this is really whiplashy. I don't really know. Am I talking to
0: Steven now? <laughs> I I don't know either, Zach. I kind of okay. lost myself in that one. What food does Kitty say is so versatile? Oh, Vienna sausages. Good job. A favorite of mine on long road trips as a child. (laughs) Um, How much did the dealership offer red for the Vista Cruiser? That's one of my questions. You took it away.
1: Uh, $400. $400. Wow. So I'll give you my last one.
0: What time does Donna say that Canada closes? 9.30. There you go. And my last one to you is how often should you yield, Zach? Always yield. You always always yield. yield. Absolutely. Well, let's get into some
1: things about the episode. And specifically what I'd like to talk about are, I don't know, the the tons of things that I relate to in this episode. One of which, maybe most of which, being getting high downstairs with your friends which I thought in this episode, watching it as an adult, they make it loud and clear what's it's going. Very on. It's very obvious. How the obvious. hell
0: did we not know as kids what was going on? Because we were children, we didn't know
1: anything that was going on. Yeah, we were like nine eleven, no big deal. I'm <laughs> eight. It's like damn tough. <laughs> I'm four years old. <laughs> I'm just trying to play cubert
0: outside. <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, I relate a lot to the wall moving while your parents Mm -hmm. are saying something very directly to you. And I think that the show handled it really well. It sounds like it came from experience. What did you think about it?
0: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. That scene was so relatable to me. The like, you know, you, you just had a really fun time and all of a sudden your environment violently changes. Yeah. And you're like... I was not prepared for this. I'm just like holding on for dear life. trying to It was to like not make me seem when like Spud I'm Speedster high. came into the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so relatable. I felt yeah. like the the speech about like a car is a privilege. This is this. If this happens, mm-hmm. it's gone. And like really just putting fear into you before you drive somewhere alone for the first time versus like support. And
1: <laughs> well, very
0: relatable for me was when I got my car.
1: My stipulation given was you can't drive on the interstate. Mm -hmm. Because
0: my mom is like terrified of the interstate for some reason. Once you hit 65 miles an hour, Zach, that's when the devil comes out. I just black out, and that's not good (laughs) for anyone.
1: But of course, (laughs) within weeks or days of having my license, I was on the interstate. Because everything cool... Is on the interstate. Yeah. Right. That's There's where you gotta go. To get to do anywhere. Here I can drive. I'm gonna get as far away from these mm-hmm. people as I possibly can. Yeah. So that was really relatable to me, not just from Eric's end of of course doing that to go to this cool concert, but also Red, knowing before he said it that, that was just gonna fuel
0: him pushing yeah. the boundary of where he can take the car. Which is great. Great parent episode, too, because mm-hmm. they're you know, they're they know what the fuck's going on. Like they're not stupid. They know that Eric's gonna do that. They know that he's taking the beers downstairs. Like and they they play ignorant, but yeah. you know, they're more so than I realized as a kid. Red and Kitty are letting Eric experience things to a degree. Yeah. While still being very protective. Why don't we,
1: for this first episode, kind of talk through the characters? Yeah. Because this episode of course it roots us with Eric, and I think Eric's fairly likable in this episode I compared to how much of a whiny so-and-so he can be throughout mm-hmm. most of the show. But the 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 pilot really spreads its time across the characters. There were a lot of things that happened in this episode that I, I was surprised happened in this episode. A lot of Kitty and Red stuff, a lot of Kelso and Jackie stuff. Um, I think the character's all get their chance to... And maybe it's because we know the characters so well, Mm -hmm. but I feel like immediately you kind of get the vibe of these people and you kind of know them and you kind of get how they relate to one another. Yeah. So I guess we mentioned Eric a little bit, so let's start with Eric. What did you think of Eric Foreman, first episode? I I
0: like Eric in this episode. I think that he is introduced as this kind of, you know, standard protagonist. You know, he's got the parents. He's His place is where all the friends are hanging out. He's got his friends he's got the girl he's lived next door to you know and he kind of centers is the 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 central focus the the thing that the friends are all orbiting around because all mm-hmm. their relationships are going to go through eric and he's kind of fighting against it too mm-hmm. like in the beginning
1: he is scared of his dad but he wants to be the guy to go steal beer for his yeah. friends in a really fun sequence i thought This episode, since it's the first episode, there were a lot of filmmaking flourishes. Yeah. That you're never going to get a, again on the show cuz they film it in front of an audience like a play. So you just mm-hmm. get straight shots of sets, but there were a lot of like the tracking shot of Kitty in the party in the beginning mm-hmm. or certain shots of the car later in the episode that I thought were really neat. In yeah. that sequence of of Kitty and Kitty being introduced <laughs> in a really fun way so fun. in that party sequence talking to all of their friends. A hot hot hot. And I, you instantly get a sense she's
0: the hostess with the mostest. She's running around like crazy, making all these different snacks. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 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 cute. It's a great introduction for Kitty. Same thing for Red, who's instantly kind of like a hard ass. You know, he makes a joke about. You know you, they set the scene really well with the they with do. that first scene too of okay it's the seventies gas crisis. Red and Kitty are kind of getting shat on a little bit for having an American-made car. Without really – now, I'm not from the 70s, so maybe Mm -hmm.
1: people who are are like, give me a break. Oh, brother. But uh, for me, it works really well, and it's not Mm -hmm. too heavy-handed for a show that I expected way sillier out of. Yeah, I think Red is good in this episode because you get some of the classic Red one-liners. You get his sternness. But in this episode, he kind of says everything with like a wink and a smile. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is nice. I definitely prefer that Red. The Red who's kind of in on the joke of how tough a guy he is versus when he is just kind of that tough, which they do both sometimes. So that's Kitty and Red. Um, Let's talk about the gang. Donna. We don't get much from Donna as a character this episode, but honestly, I'm worried about how they handle the female characters on this show. Mm -hmm. So they didn't do anything that made me cringe with them. Especially bad, yeah. So that was good. But I think Donna works – because immediately you get why Eric would be so in love with her. Yeah. You, just first glance, you the fall bros. in love with Laura Prepon. She's one of the bros. She's beautiful. She's tall. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't... She, like Eric, can kind of not take everything so seriously.
0: Yeah. She, like, razzes him, but is also really sweet, is makes a lot of jokes that have some truth rooted in them, but also she can play off. And I think that's really funny, too, about, like, you could have had me when I was four and then, like, kind of, like, stupid, like, mess around. Like it's, it's, it's really endearing. And I think that it, it is really, really sets endearing. Donna up as a smart, witty, really good friend to a lot of the characters.
1: On the other side... Now, their relationship is so baby steps mm-hmm. in this. Their kiss is adorable. It's really cute. And I think it's one of those moments that I absolutely can... Watch it and suddenly I'm 11 sitting at my parents' house watching that episode and waiting for my Donna that I can have a cute mm-hmm. first kiss on the car with. And and now it makes me feel old as shit because even though <laughs> the joke with that seventy show is by the end of it, they're supposed to be in high school and they all look like they're about 40. Yeah. <laughs> but in this first episode, they all look so young with the obvious mm-hmm. being Mila, Mila Kunis, Kunis, who's 14 at the start of the yeah. show because she lied about her age to get the part. Um <laughs> And the other people looking very young 20s. Look young, yeah. We're older than them now. That's crazy. It is kind of crazy. And they look like children.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's move to Jackie and Kelso. I think Kelso... Kelso is very much like one thing. Mm-hmm. But Ashton Kutcher, when he commits to it, does that thing so well.
0: Yeah, the dopey voice. Really
1: he gets some of the most obvious written joke. Like, the that's permanent. But yeah. he has ways of delivering them where you can see Michael's train of thought. And he said he's it's kind of like when we talk about The Good Place, Jason Mendoza, that you can say these stupid, obviously ham-fisted things. And because of his demeanor and his vocal delivery, you're on that ride with him. And it doesn't it doesn't hurt. It's It's funny. It's funny. And his physical comedy when he flails his body around and when he's like, uh, thinks he's getting in the front seat with Eric and then gets taken <laughs> to the back seat. The way he just he, like, like falls, falls
0: immediately, almost kind of Kramer esque. Yeah, it's really funny. Really funny and young hearing. performance from Ashton Kutcher and Jackie. I think sets up really well as like the the odd one out from the group, but she's attached to them because of Kelso and and has this kind of grip on him. And I think I really like Jackie as a character. And so I'm excited to see her kind of almost sink down to the rest of their <laughs> level sure. of of stupidity, and 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 I think it's really funny. So I I'm like excited. her in this episode. I think mm-hmm. Milo Kunis is just cute as a button, yeah, and is adorable. giving a really
1: cute, decisive performance as her character. I can just... I don't know. I love watching these and try to put yourself in the perspective of this 14-year-old girl who's one of the stars of a network sitcom yeah. for the first time. And and all of these kids feel really excited in this first episode. Yeah, they do. I think it helps make their characters so likable and it helps their chemistry form mm-hmm. so quickly because it kind of feels like all of these guys are just bouncing off the walls yeah. ready to perform and to make us laugh. I would like to talk about the circle moment again before we talk about the couple, because that can lead us to Hyde. Mm. I thought the the stoned discussion, especially Hyde and Kelso in that scene, yeah. was so good. And I'm TV absolutely... shows never get it that right. And they were no. so airy and spacey and, and laughing so at things that weren't funny and making them funny because of their laughing at them. It was really
0: genuine. It was great. I think that it, you know, as an adult now compared to when I was a kid, it's super, mm-hmm. like, obvious what's happening, but it's done in such a funny way that it's it's not, like, ham fists. It's not like, all right, boys, time <laughs> to get yeah. high. Like, they're just there hanging out. That's what they're yeah. doing. They bring Fez Hanging into out down it. the street, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it, you, you got me there.
1: Well, watching this show in such high definition does make you notice a couple of things, like how in the circle there's a clean empty ashtray on the table that would never be there where i also noticed separate from that a couple moments specifically the moment where jackie and kelso are about to make out in the car mm-hmm. they duck down and then the shot just freeze frames of the yeah, car does. while it's the like audio still rolling continues. it just
0: stops when the, the show
1: weird. was aired in 1998 i didn't mention that this first episode aired august 23rd 1998 wow you couldn't see that on your tv that was no. just like a trick that they had at their disposal. Uh-huh.
0: But nowadays,
1: you're like, oh, that's just a, just a picture.
0: Yeah. I, I I literally thought the video was skipping. I was like, is something wrong? And I was like, maybe that's on purpose. We don't learn much about his character,
1: but talking about the stoniness of the show, you got to bring mm-hmm. up Hyde. Yeah. Who doesn't get a lot this episode, but I think his character really shines specifically in the circle moment.
0: Absolutely. A
1: couple of his line deliveries are kind of awkward in the episode, mm-hmm. but his look, we could talk about the fashion. There's a – Hyde, yeah. when they're in the basement, has this, like, cool patterned
0: shirt and jacket over it. That I, I, I love was Hyde's really wardrobe neat. in this show. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, I wanted to be – like, to me, that was so cool as a kid. Like, everything and- – still is yeah it just oozes cool unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately yeah where on the other hand we have Fez who oozes not cool but I love the fucking leisure suit it's so funny
1: I like probably this Wilmer Valderrama looks as young as any Mm -hmm. of them I like this version of Fez that is so young and innocent yeah but I really don't like that character and I don't think they get him off to the best start like literally his first line is about a girl having tremendous breasts mm-hmm. and i don't know that's like the only thing in this episode that my fight or flight instinct went in <laughs> some of the times when fez did stuff what
0: but maybe that's just shaded by what is coming i think what it, did you when think? i was a kid i is. loved fez but that's because i didn't understand how problematic him as a character was and how culturally shitty a lot of the Way yeah. that they address him, well, because is... you're
1: like, I'm a little kid. I also am, am obsessed with hooking up with girls, potentially. Yeah. So like, this character that is and hell he's funny, on that and and the funny. audience
0: always laughs when he talks. So I'm sure that whatever they're saying must That's be true. Funny. That's so, true. I think that I really, yeah, Fez. <laughs> you know, he's innocent. He's like a little baby boy. I can't. He's be not that Fez bad yet. in this episode.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Fez gets that bad, but not. Yeah. yet. <laughs> he both has moments on my
1: biggest laughs and biggest cringes mm-hmm. for the end of the episode
0: yeah that's all of the gang the
1: only other characters i can think of that are worth really mentioning donna's parents, donna's parents bob and Midge. love
0: big fan love, of love. Yeah.
1: yeah totally tanya roberts looked great in this episode Gorge. the mm. moment where it's eric's pov and he's
0: talking <laughs> to them and looks down at the press <laughs> is really funny the juxtaposition of is it don stark's who plays yes good yeah. job thank you I always remember his name from the opening credits and be like, "That's got to be Bob." (laughs) Bob, yeah, that can (laughs) only be Bob if I've ever seen one. But the going from his terrible perm down to Midge's boobs is so funny.
1: And the setup for that, that no matter what you do, don't say anything about my dad's hair.
0: (laughs) Just don't get caught up in his hair.
1: (laughs) We could talk and laugh about all the funny moments in this episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to start wrapping this up. What I really recommend you guys do is have a circle of your own and Mm -hmm. watch these episodes before you hang out with us to talk about them every week. Because it was fun. It put me in a good mood. It made me laugh out loud more times than I expected both times that I watched it. And I really like the way that they set up this world. The house is so cool. Like, that setting is so blasted into my mind. But Mm -hmm. this time I was really noticing little things that they had on the wall and just how lived in the basement looks. And that's really, really neat. And this is the first episode. And they set up the characters and the settings and the midwesternness of it all and the 70s of it all really, really well. Like, as far as laugh track sitcoms go, this is a pretty – like, I mentioned mathematics. It's, like, such a – by the numbers in the best way possible. In the best way, it works. How the to write a sitcom works. pilot, how to cast a sitcom pilot, how to edit. It just works. Mm. Uh, still, what, 20, not 20 years later, but, but close. 15 years later, it's still funny and it
0: still works and still rings true whether you were alive in the 90s when it came out or in the 70s exact, when it, it, is it was set. 20 years later. This show aired in 1998. It's 2023. 25 years later. Oh, right, right. I
1: did my math wrong totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. 25 years later. That's crazy to think. Yeah. And it holds up. Holds up. Now there are going to be things in future episodes that f- that don't hold <laughs> up as much. And let's segue that into the first of our final segments, where we're, g- we're going to talk about the biggest cringes we mm-hmm. got from this episode. What made us cringy? Ooh, uh, and guys, write us in. However, you have a way of getting hold of us. What made you cringe about us this week? Was it? Yeah. Was it Skip McPooper earlier <laughs> in the episode? I already forget. Do you remember Spud's name? Spud, Spud Speedster. Speedster. I said Speedster a
0: couple or? of times, so it's one of those two. Was that as
1: fun for you? As it was for me <laughs> let's talk about our biggest cringes in this episode i have a few so i'll start um they haven't quite figured out the transition visuals yet mm. a couple of those things made me cringe the first you didn't like the
0: i can't stop this feel.
1: you didn't like that one that one didn't bug me but i did the not Fez like one. the farrah fawcett poster that sang
0: Baby, baby,
1: baby. I didn't like that. You don't it love that? I love unca- the Farrah Fawcett uncanny baby. Uncanny Valley. Baby. And I, no, I didn't like the weird one where Fez was talking about his suit either. Yeah. Well, you just have no taste, Zach. What's your cringy cringe?
0: Uh, I, When Eric was like, well, you know, my sister thinks that we <laughs> shouldn't be left alone. And then like the second and a half of silence afterwards, that made me really, <laughs> like, why would you, who would say that? And like I jing I like Eric a lot in this episode and he doesn't do any cringy stuff for me really other than that. But that was pretty bad. Pretty cringy. For me. Yeah. The other
1: thing I wrote was just Fez's first line. Yeah. Uh how do I say this in English? She has tremendous breasts. Yes? It's like yeah, immediately rough. you're like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. That's my cringe. We'll move into the positive of that and mm-hmm. talk about the things that made us laugh the hardest, our biggest laughs of the episode, mm-hmm. whether it's lines or moments. I have several, so I'll, g- I'll throw a couple at you. I really like when Eric is trying to steal the beer and it ends up just working out that he gets handed the four beers. Yeah. He's like,
0: well, what are you going to do with We'll put them away, son. I intend to, sir. <laughs> I intend to, sir. <laughs> Can you-
1: These are warm. <laughs> Can
0: you take this, please? Really i love funny. the frantic like and kelso especially later on does this the best but the mm-hmm. frantic running up and down the stairs like slipping and falling or like <laughs> jumping over a bunch of like that's so real for when you're like a teenager you just want to get there as fast as possible and it's so funny and now you're like nah yeah i'll I'm get like, there when i'm there yeah <laughs> uh Hyde and kelso in the circle
1: i thought were specifically funny they seemed mm-hmm. really stoned um, I really thought it was funny when Red gives Eric the car, and it's a nice moment. He's like, "Thank you so much." And he's like, "Yeah, well, clean the attic." Yeah. <laughs> uh The wonder where they're going out of town. I wrote that one.
0: Yeah. I I, I really thought that Michael in the circle was really funny mm-hmm. with when he was giggling. I also really uh liked when he was talking to Jackie about why he didn't invite her to the concert. He's like, "Well, I didn't know if you liked music." I thought that was really <laughs> and good. And Jackie too. just. Michael, <laughs> <laughs> those are my two biggest ones i think red just in general was really funny the whole like car time when uh kitty's like lori's friend got pregnant in the car don't do that it is not a bet on wheels like that was very relatable funny like eric's like wait a minute am i getting red the car? is so
1: instantly realized you just yeah. know that guy immediately
0: what the hell is wrong with bob's hair <laughs>
1: The sequence of the kids doing their parents' voices, I thought was funny. It was stupid, so but it made stupid and funny. I thought it was
0: hilarious. Whoa, our kids sure are a crazy group of young people. <laughs> huh? I love what you've done with the kitchen, Aqua and Yellow. Blah blah blah
1: blah. Is, Red's talking about Eric, and he's like, "That little monkey, I'm gonna ground <laughs> him for
0: ten years." Ten years. <laughs> Uh, the Kelso. acting, like the physical acting by the parents during that whole thing, is hilarious.
1: Ashton Kutcher's acting when Kelso is talking about who isn't, who's going to have to stay behind <laughs> at the concert. It's like, well, well, Jackie, of course, Jackie's out of here. Jackie's <laughs> gone, but who's going to go with her? <laughs> and the last thing, the only Fez moment that I thought was funny was when they find out that the mechanic is gay, and he goes (laughs) to the bathroom with his partner, and Fez looks at Eric, and Eric's like, I'll explain later. I thought that (laughs) That was was funny. Mm -hmm. So those are our biggest cringe and laughs. That was fun. Yeah. That's about the end of the basement this week. We've got one last thing to do.
0: I've had a blast. I've had an exhilarating time, Zachary. It's been extremely (laughs) enjoyable. If
1: I can laugh this hard with you 202 times, this is going to be be so easy. Uh, So the last thing we're going to do is kind of our MVP of the episode segment, where we're going to discuss in our circle that we'll have after this in our mm-hmm. mind with all the characters from that 70s show, who, based on their performance this episode, gets the first hit. Mm-hmm. It's tough because, like I mentioned, sure, Eric is clearly the main character, but the the time is spread so well between all of the characters yeah. that I can think of standout moments for three or four characters, and it's hard to pick one over the other. Do you
0: know? I I did settle on one. Okay. Obviously, there's a few great choices for great reasons, but I gave my first hit this week to the man, the myth, the legend, Red Foreman. Sure. I think that he's so funny, and he's in on the joke this whole episode, and I think that it's, it's great. So, Red gets my first hit this week.
1: Then I'm going to go separately from that, mm-hmm. and my first hit this week will go to Michael Kelso.
0: Nice. Because I think...
1: I think Ashton Kutcher's performance makes that character so recognizable mm-hmm. and so funny immediately. Like, you immediately, oh, that's that guy. Yeah. And he makes you laugh. So it's
0: going to be Michael Kelso, but Red is a great choice as well. Mm-hmm. That'd be a fun Dream Blunt rotation. Red, Kelso, you and, Kelso, me, Red, you and, and Kelso. Me. <laughs> That'd be so funny.
1: The last thing that I want to talk about is we're going to end each episode with a song, mm-hmm. That 70s Playlist, music featured in the show. Unfortunately, when this show is on streaming... A lot of the music is taken away from the episode. I think this first episode does have some of the music because it's relevant to the story. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these episodes, most of the music is gone. So I thought, who better to represent this episode than by playing a song, a little music of Todd Rundgren, since that was the big concert that they all went to in this episode. And they played a song of his in this one
0: that -hmm. I really like
1: a lot. It's called I Saw the Light. We're going to listen to it. Let's do it. So that's the end of the first episode of the basement. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's been a lot of fun. We're gonna be back next time to talk about the second episode of that '70s show, Eric's birthday. Ooh, happy birthday! Should be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Stephen, any too. parting words for our our friends,
0: our our, our family? Fam- Always yield. Always yield. Bye guys. Bye guys. Jam out. Nice. That was so much fun.
2: When you get up at me And the answer was plain to see Cause I saw one-